we just wanted to um, also take a time today on on our podcast to to remember the uh, the seventy five people who who lost their life fifty years ago today in, in the tragic plane crash um, when when the University of Marshall w- was leaving Greenville, North Carolina after a game against DCU, um, and, and their plane crashed into the into the side of a hill. Um, that's that's something that will always bind our two universities. We'll always have a a um. We'll, we'll always have that kind of relationship and that bond that that we'll lean on for years to come and, and for eternity. Um, th- this is something that is a tragedy and and that both universities have had to go through. Um, Marshall definitely taking the brunt of it. But just know that if you're a Marshall fan and you're listening to this, um, for some reason, um, on the 50th anniversary of the the Marshall plane crash, we are thinking of you and we're with you, and we are always Marshall. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffet. Um, we're coming to you this week uh, a- after ECU drops a- another game. Um, they-, they lose this one 55-17 to 17 on the road at Cincinnati. Artie, uh, you-, you-, you watched the game last night. How- how'd, you, uh, how'd you take that in? Uh, well, it's, it, that's kind of false. I didn't actually watch the game. I came home and watched the highlights of it. I didn't really watch the full game. Um, but from what I did see, I, you know, I, I had three words, you know, for, for last night's game, predictable, uninspiring and boring. Um, that's kind of what I took away from it. But and I, I know Twitter was kind of going wild last night. I really don't understand why we, we played a team that we should have lost to when we did lose to Cincinnati was the best team we're going to play all year. They're the, a legit top 10 team. Um, the only thing that I had a problem with is that we didn't really make them earn a victory last night. That was kind of my only issue with it but you know Cincinnati they they're, they're just a better team than we are at this point and that's just that's just the facts of it yeah I mean you, you look at this team this team has a bunch of returning returning guys I mean you're looking at a team that has I mean guys that are NFL quality type athletes and they're all 22 23 years old playing basically their super senior years I mean these, these guys are legit the, the, and they're playing against a team in ECU who is a bunch of 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. And I'm not making excuses. That, that's not what I'm here to do. But you're, you're looking at a team that, I mean, just has more maturity, more confidence, and they've spent the last four or five years together building a program, and that's what they've done. They, they were good last year, and they're, hell, they're a hell of a lot better this year than they were last year, and they were, they were damn good last year. So – uh, I wasn't surprised to see what happened last night. Um, it, it was one of those things where it, it just kind of it kind of sucks that uh, we we had all this this high momentum um, after after two weeks ago against Tulsa, almost beating Tulsa, and then and then going into Cincinnati last night and then getting throttled um, in, in a game that was really close last year. So yeah, I, I think you said it best. ECU simply just ran into a better team last night. Yeah, and and the only the only thing that I 
really am, am upset about is that we didn't really make them earn it last night. I, you know, there was a lot of big chunk plays. You know, they, they, they just got everything too easy. I know Cincinnati's a really good team, but I, I felt like we could have made them earn, um, you know, a lot more than, than, than what they did. 55 is a lot of points for anybody. And, and then that, you know, they had a garbage, you know, some garbage points in the last two minutes that was just, you know, inexcusable. Um, and we, you know, we scored a garbage touchdown. So it is what it is. You know, we, we, we ran into a better team and, and we got beat. So. Yeah. And I, I still think like I'll, I'll, I'll fight. I'll, I'll, I'll die on this hill if I have to. I do think that this team is still a hell of a lot better than what they were last year. And then two years ago, especially this team, you can, you can see, you can see a change in, in their mentality. At, to some point, maybe not so much last night, but earlier in the game, you could see it still before uh, before that first um, turnover from from whole nailers. Um, you, you could really start. You could see that they still had some confidence. Um, later on in the game, they didn't they didn't look like they had as much confidence, but but they still uh, they didn't look like they had well, had that swagger. Yeah, I just I think after halftime they knew they were going to lose. Yeah. That's 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 what it looked like to me. After halftime, they didn't come out with any juice. They didn't come out with any and, energy. They just kind of looked like a team that knew they were going to lose to Cincinnati. And they were, the thing was, the offense, the the offense has been up and down all year long. We we all know that. But you look at it, th- this team yesterday. I mean, they come in and they play the, uh, in my opinion, a top ten defense in the country. I mean, I think they're rated thirteenth in the country based off of everything. And they would come in, a team that was averaging, giving up uh, like 95 yards on the ground. ECU came in last night and put up over 200 yards on the ground. That is something to, to be inspired by. And it was two freshmen that did it. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to take the positives here, Artie. There weren't many, but, but that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do right here is, is take the positives. You had 200 yards rushing on a team that is averaging maybe 95. Mm-hmm. And is, I mean, very good. And those 200 yards came from freshmen. And you, and, and I agree. And, and I, with and, a shitty offensive line at that. Yeah, a very bad offensive line. And Keaton Mitchell and, and Rod, um, Roger Harris had phenomenal nights last night. That was the only positive from, from our night last night. Um, Houghton had a, had, a, had a pretty bad game. It, it, he, he didn't yeah. play good. He didn't play decent. He played a pretty bad game. 87 passing yards, three interceptions. Um, that's that's just not going to get it done on, on any level. But so, we also but, we also know that with the defense, this is a ball hawk defense that that ECU played against last night. Once again, yeah, no excuses for. I mean, Holden Aylers is still our guy. In, in my opinion, Holden Aylers is still the guy. You're not going to turn it over to Mason Garcia just yet. Uh, you don't do that this year. You don't do it next year. I mean, it, it's not Mason Garcia's team. Right, and, and, and I agree, and, and, you know, we don't want to sound like a broken record. We don't want to come out here and, and just bash this, bash that, oh, we suck, this, that, and this, that, and the third. But at, at some point, the wins have to come, right? At, at some point, wins have to come. We, we can't keep going one and eight, one and nine, two and whatever, three and whatever, and keep saying, oh, well, you know, this is, you know, this team is fighting, this team is playing hard. At some point, we got to get the ball rolling. And I think to end this season, it's going to be very important. we got three games left. And I think it's going to be very important to see how hard we fight in these final three games. If we come out and we play well and we actually are able to get our first victory or second victory over Temple, I, I know our all-time record against Temple is not great. Um, if we can win that game, because Temple's not a very good team this year, that's a winnable game. 
Um, I know we still got SMU on the schedule. That's going to be a very tough one. I forget who else we've got after that. That, we, that SMU right now is our last game of the season. Okay. I know that uh, John Gilbert um, and, and Coach Houston have both said that they're trying to get a game on the schedule for December 5th, a home game. Um, that, that would make up some of the games that we lost. I mean, the, the Norfolk State and, right. and, the, and the Marshall game, um, the, those are two games that we lost that would have been home games. Um, I know that they're trying to get another game on the schedule. It's not going to be Marshall. Um, unfortunately, yeah. that, that's just not going to work out this year with how Conference USA is, is scheduling things. Um, but ECU, ECU will hope, probably most likely have, have another opponent. I wouldn't be surprised to see ECU schedule a team like, conference, or like another Conference USA foe in UNC Charlotte. They've had a lot of games lost this year. They had another one this, this weekend against Gardner-Webb um, that, that was canceled on Friday. Um, the, the game was supposed to be today on Saturday. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw another game like that scheduled later on in the year. Yeah, and, and for me, my, my, my big thing is just to finish strong. You know, because for me, this, this season is kind of a wrap at this point. We're one in six. You know, this, this season's pretty much a wrap at this point. Can we finish strong? Because going into next year, if, if we finish one and eight or one and nine, that's going to put so much pressure on Mike Houston. I, I still believe he's the guy. I still believe he can build this program this is, into, into what we want to do. But, it, give. but regardless, there, there's going to be pressure on Mike Houston. If we only win one game, I don't, I don't care what anybody says, the pressure is going to be on Mike Houston to be able to, to perform and to bring his team to at least 500. I think by next year we should be a 500 football team. There's just uh, no excuse why we shouldn't I, I, be a 500 football team. I think in a regular year, I think without COVID, this is a 500 football team this year. I mean, yep. looking, looking at how they're preparing each and every week, these games that they're losing, most of them haven't been blowouts. Last night was a blowout. Uh, Tulane was kind of a blowout. And then you had the weird game against Georgia State and then UCF, which was also like a that, – that game, it was tight until, the, uh, until halftime, right? I mean, yep. so th- those are all games that usually you – I mean – Usually in the past, you write them off. But mm-hmm. now ECU is being competitive, at least for part, parts of those games. And ECU is competitive in the, in the fourth quarter last week against Tulane. Once again, you have to be competitive all four quarters. You can't be competitive in just one quarter. You, it, it's a 60-minute football game, y'all. And, and you gotta, you got to compete for every minute of that 60. Um, already look, looking at it, like I said, I'm going to try to take it with the positives. All right, um, that, that's just kind of my style. ECU, they scored the most points of any FBS team against Cincinnati. Um, they scored 17 points. The most points given up by Cincinnati this year is only 20. But that was to an FCS opponent, actually. And, but they hadn't given up more than 13 to an FBS opponent. That, to me, I, I'm, I'm going to still hang my hat on that. Also, Keaton Mitchell getting his first career touchdown and his first, uh, his first 100 – uh, hundred yard game uh, that 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 was huge. It, it shows that you're going to be able to lean on these two guys going forward for the next four to five years. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I, I'm I'm not going to hang my hat on the score. The score is fifty five seventeen. I mean, it is what it is. But I'm I'm happy that Keaton Mitchell was actually able to have the kind of game that he had last night, even with the O line that we have and Rajay Harris. Look, we've got two studs going forward, and we have to be able. And re- recruiting is a huge factor. You could see it last night. We didn't have the big guys up front to block. We didn't have the big guys up front on defense to get a strong push 
that to me is our two big things we got to get better at going into next year. We got to sure up that offensive line and we got to sure up that D line to actually get some pressure and some push up front. We got to, we got to, we got to get some more big boys um, because we've got two studs that can be at ECU for the next three to four years. And we've got to be able to make sure that we have that, you know, solid run game going forward. I don't know why we couldn't get um, any kind of passing game going last night. I know they have a great secondary, um, but we've got three stud receivers. And so, and we, and we've got a good quarterback. I know he's been inconsistent at times, but you know, 80, 87 yards passing, I, I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more. Uh, I don't think that's asking too much, but um, you know, playing, you know, playing, playing a number, a number seven team in the country, Cincinnati's trying to push for a college football playoff. They had to come out and, and, and blow us out yesterday. I mean, you look at the two perspectives, ECU's trying to get back on track. Cincinnati's trying to blow everybody out to prove to the committee that they need to be in. So, you know. Yeah, and I got to say, talking about that Cincinnati offense, I mean, and we'll, we'll get to it in the, in the postgame press conference here in a little bit with Coach Mike Houston. We didn't have any players join us this week. But um, Desmond Ritter, that, that, that's going to be an NFL quarterback one day. That guy, that guy yeah. has it all. He's, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of a quarterback that he reminds me of. It's almost, uh, he, he's not as good, but he, he, he has the same kind of style as, as like a Patrick Mahomes that he can beat. He has the same style. He can beat you. I, the only thing he can't do is beat you downfield. That's uh, to me, that's, that's too high of a praise. Pat, Patrick Mahomes is going to be an all time great. But I, it, it, for me, he reminds me more of a Colin Kaepernick. I saw a lot of Colin Kaepernick at Nevada when he played college football. Desmond Ritter reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick, which is, was still a pretty damn good NFL quarterback who went to a Super Bowl. So I think Desmond Ritter's got a, got a bright, future, bright future. You know who else went to a Super Bowl? Who? Matty Ice. Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, you want to talk about that game. Nah, <laughs> no, we're not going to talk. That, that, game, that game hurt more than the one last night. That's for damn sure. Um, but, yeah, once again, the offensive line for ECU, they, they've got to they gotta step it up. Nashad Strother, I mean, gets hurt last night. Um, Coach Houston says he doesn't know um, what, what his status is coming for the Temple game next week. Right. Um, that, that, that's going to be that's – gonna, that's a big hit. Um, to, to that offensive line. I mean, and are we, think, are we, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you got to think, I mean, you're without Peyton Winstead. Um, he's been out all year. He, he's going to be out the rest of the year, I, I believe. Um, I mean, you, you, there's not much depth on that offensive line. And what depth there is, it's not much better than what we got starting. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll say that. And it's not, it's not that they're not skilled. It's they don't have that size. ECU has been known for recruiting skill guys, uh, stud wide receivers, stud quarterbacks, and and stud running backs, but they've never had that size. They right. don't they don't have that um, that mid America corn fed guy that's that's gonna be three hundred forty pounds, six foot four, and, and you can stop them. You don't need skill guys on the old line. You need dogs. You need exactly some big dogs. <laughs> you know <laughs> and. I believe that our our guys. I think they have that dog mentality, but they're not dogs. They're yeah. puppies, and and that that's not a dig at them. If, if you want to take it as a dig, that's not. Um, that that's just looking at their size. They're not they're not able to compete at the college at the FBS level that that you would hope and hope. I know that I know that's Coach Houston's um, mo going forward in, in recruiting is right. to to pick up the size on on both on both fronts. Offense and defense. He he wants to pick up some size, and that that's what's going to have to happen. Um, 
Artie, I want to talk to you real quick before we throw it over to the, the post-game press conference with Coach Mike Houston. Um, it, late in the fourth quarter or mid-fourth quarter, Cincinnati ran a fake punt play. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on it before before we kind of dive into it. Just just being blatantly honest, that was just a sign of no respect. They and I, and I don't mean that as in you know they were trying to you know beat us eighty to eighty to whatever. It was just they didn't respect our defense. They didn't respect what they had seen all night. They figured they can. Well, why not? We can go for a fake punt. They're not expecting it. They're probably not going to line up for it. They're probably not going to be able to prevent it. Let's go ahead and do the fake punt. Let's see if we can get our backup quarterback some more. Stuff. It's not like Desmond Ritter was still in the game. Their backup quarterback led a touchdown drive. So I, I don't want Pirate fans to get all upset like all their starters were still in the game. The starters are out of the game at this point. They went for the fake punt. They got it. That's on us more so than on them. So I, I don't, I'm not really that upset about it. I'm more upset about the execution of the entire game than a fake punt halfway through the fourth quarter in which their backup scored a you know, touchdown to end that drive. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll say about it is um, – it, it, it's not it, – it's unclassy. It's not classy. Um, it shouldn't have happened, but – But, once again, you, it, it's football. If if it were ECU making that play, I'd say shut up and get over it. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, that, that's that's kind of the standpoint I'm going to take. Yeah, it's not, it's not a classy football move, but sometimes sometimes in, in sports you, you don't have to be classy. And like you said earlier, this is a Cincinnati team that is trying to go out there and prove that they deserve one of those top four spots in, in the – college football playoff rankings yeah. and and the rankings aren't going to give it to them they're going to give it to a team like ohio state that doesn't play more than nine games this whole year because the big 10 the big 10 is such a um shitty conference and they can't get their shit together but you, you look at you look at cincinnati who needs to go out there and blow out a team every single week and mm-hmm. coach luke fickle and he, he started off his press conference he said that was not a design play that was right. not the that was not the play call he said this he said that was something that the players did on their own that was not called. He said I want to apologize to coach Houston cuz coach Houston and and Luke they had Pickle, a very lengthy discussion after the game. And, and then our boy Marcus Freeman he wanted to uh, kind of come in and talk to coach coach Houston about it and coach Houston and Luke Fickle kind of gave him the shoulder like get get the hell out of here cuz Marcus Freeman you don't belong anywhere. You you played I don't even think you played more than 5 games in the NFL. Go ahead and sit sit your ass on the bench. Now who's Marcus Freeman? <laughs> exactly the the guy the defensive coordinator we talked about earlier this week on the podcast. Okay, okay that's right. I was like, I, I, that that name sounds familiar. It's, it's almost as if we talked about him before. Yeah, the guy that got drafted and he was in the league for a year and then out. Yeah, I mean, three teams, they, they, one year. They they had a very lengthy discussion. I don't. I, I do believe it it was a player's decision to do it. I don't. Think I do it was too. On, I don't think it was on the coach, but you know, regardless, the still disrespected. Cincinnati, like you said, Cincinnati has to blow out every single team to even be in the conversation. So they did they did what they had to do last night. You I mean, know, they, 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 they blew they... us out. And and to be honest, if they went out and they win the American Athletic Conference Championship, they have a 41% chance to make the playoffs. So they have a legit chance to make the playoffs. But they, they have I mean, to keep doing what they're doing. And it all just goes back to the college football playoff ranking system that is utter bullshit. But uh, I'm not going to get more into that today. But for them to drop after blowing out Memphis last week, to, for them to drop in the rankings, that, that's that's bullshit. And to have like a team like Miami still at number nine, I don't think Miami's a top ten team. They're good, well, but I don't, I don't think they're a top ten team. I I think I think that they should be at six. They're sitting at seven. I think they should be at six. I, I think six is 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 where they should be. I don't think Florida should be at six. I think Florida should be at seven. 
Um, you know, you still gotta you still gotta give some respect to BYU. You know, Brigham Young is undefeated, and they're blowing everybody out. They blew out Boise State by like forty five points, and Boise State still ranked. So, um, I, I I don't mind the rankings right now. I think there's you know Marshall's ranked, Coastal Carolina's ranked, SMU's ranked. Um, I'm trying to think who who else is is ranked in a group of five. There's there's a bunch of group of five teams ranked, so I don't, I don't really mind the rankings this year, as opposed to years past where it's been a little a little muddled in it, and you haven't really had teams that have earned their way into the top 25 in the top 25. Yeah, you, you got Liberty and you got Louisiana. Yeah, uh, Louisiana there's a, there's a lot of group of five teams ranked in the top 25 right now. Yeah, but then you have you have a team like Virginia Tech who lost to Liberty last week, who is a one and a half point favorite this week against Miami. Number nine, Look, Miami. That, that shit doesn't I, make sense to me. I'm actually on board, Miami. I think Miami blows out Virginia Tech. I don't think that game's close. I, I, I hope really so. I, I, I think De'Aaron King is, is legit. So and It's funny that De'Aaron King had to leave the American Athletic Conference to, to, to start getting some hype. Well, he, he had a lot of personal issues, too. A lot of personal issues in, in his own personal life that led him to transfer from Houston to Miami. But that's, that's a story for another day. Yep. So... Um, let's go ahead and send it over to the post-game press conference with Coach Houston. Um, he, he talked a little bit about the fake punt, but he, he said that uh, he said that he wasn't going to talk about that discussion that he had with Luke Fickle. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about what he had to say after the post-game press conference. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what he had to say during it. All right, so here's Coach Houston. Obviously very disappointed in uh, the outcome of the game. Uh, it's not what we came up here to do. Um, Cincinnati's a very good football team. They're, I think they're easily the best team we've played all year. Uh, you know, we just, I mean, we made some mistakes that you can't make against a good team if you might have a shot. Uh, certainly we were aggressive with some things and, uh, and, uh, and tried to come in to, to play the game in order to win it. Um, very disappointed in the outcome though. Uh, and, and let me say this, my players, I still believe in them completely and they're young and they did a lot of good things tonight, but we just made too many mistakes against that team. Uh, it's my job to get it fixed. That's why I was brought here and that's what we're going to work to do. Okay, Brian. All right, Coach, when you look at that, uh, you get the fumble recovery early on and then the first play of the second quarter, the pick six, how devastating was that to the cause? Well, you know, <clears throat> hopefully the breaks are going to start bouncing our way uh, here eventually. But, uh, you know, like, like I said, you, you can't make that mistake there, uh, you know, especially that deep in your own territory. Um, I thought we had the fumble. On the first drive, um, obviously that one got overturned, uh, but our, our group did a good job of going back and forth another turnover. Uh, we just, uh, you know, that's just, just that's the mistakes I'm talking about that you can't make, not against a team like this. On the positive side of coming out party for Keaton Mitchell. Now Keaton's a very talented player. Um, you know, just like we talked about, uh, you know, with Roger a couple of weeks ago. You know, we really like those guys as a as a one-two punch of the future. Uh, and obviously, he did some really good things tonight. 
You all saw the fake punt, the 75-yard run late. You had a long talk with Coach Fickle afterwards. What was that like? That's between us. All right, thanks, Coach. Thanks. We'll open it up to questions now for everybody else. Coach, uh, any word on Nashad early on and how serious his injury might be? Uh, we, we don't think it's extremely serious. Uh, don't know his status for next week, though. And what, you know, with their, their pass defense, obviously one of the better secondaries in the country, just what did you notice maybe that they did on the back end differently at all? Was it mainly just a lot of tight coverage? What could you see? Well, I thought, I thought one, I mean, they're extremely athletic. They're very long. Um, you know, have great speed in the secondary. They did a good job in coverage. Uh, and, you know, their, their front four generates a lot of, a lot of pressure without, uh, you know, without having to, to bring too much extra. You know, they did a good job with, you know, even though sitting in a three down and bringing a fourth or a fifth guy uh, and, you know, Holton not having a tremendous amount of time to, to throw right there. So um, we did some good things in the run game. Uh, you know, really need to generate some more positive plays in the pass game, though. Coach, you had some difficulty trying to just keep them out of the backfield a little bit. You're playing with a depleted offensive line at the moment. Um, talk about what's that – what that's doing right now to make things more difficult for Holton to be able to just get the football off? Well, we've got to be able to protect him better. Uh, you know, that's obvious to everybody. Um, and I, th I think we've got some guys that are competing very hard. Uh, we've got to continue to be creative with our protections. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody this time of the year, you're having to shuffle some people around. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back to work tomorrow and, 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 do what we can to uh, come up with a great game plan for next week. With the interceptions with Aylers and just how much do you think, especially the early pick six, obviously, but how much do you think that maybe threw off his, his game, you know, maybe shook him at all or threw off what y'all want to do game plan wise? Yeah. The, you know, the first one, you know, I did think he knew, he knew what was there and just, you know, he tried to look it off a little bit and he, he missed a dropper uh, and the guy stepped right in front of it. Um, you know, the second one, he forced it, uh, you know, plain and simple. Uh, the last one, he's just got to, you know, with the coverage where it was, he's just got to put it deeper into the end zone there on the corner route for Snead. Uh, you know, if, if, the, if the coverage is over the top, then he'll throw it that flat. Uh, but, you know, with the corner sitting right there, you got to throw it towards the back pylon. Coach, uh, Desmond Ritter. You had him uh, in some favorable down and distance situations, but his playmaking ability seems pretty special. He's a good player. You know, he's most likely a, a NFL quarterback. Uh, he's had a great year this year, uh, and he can beat you with his arm and he can beat you with his feet. And when you got a guy like that, that's pretty special. Obviously, he's what makes them go. I don't want to get back into the post game part with you and, and Luke, but just when they ran the fake punt in real time, what did you kind of think at that point? Or what did you think of that, that play? No, obviously we've got to do a better job of defending it. That's 42-10. Uh, we were able to force a, uh, a punt in that situation. Um, ready to get the ball back for our offense. Obviously, I don't think anybody was expecting that, but uh, we've still got to be prepared. It looked like with Ritter, you had maybe some spies or at least some guys trying to watch him, and he was still yep. 
break contain. Just how frustrating was that? We had a spy on any any of those drop situations. We had a spy that was his their sole job was to um, you know contain the quarterback scramble. And uh, you know obviously we got to look at what we were doing right there because it didn't work very well tonight. Coach, sometimes it's hard to tell, but um, this team appears to be a lot better than than the injuries and the results and the situation as a whole is letting you look like right now. How close is this team to getting better? Well, I mean, we're a much better team than that score shows. I mean, it's, you know, we just, we, we, we made some mistakes and you cannot make mistakes against a good football team. Um, you know, injuries are what they are. You know, certainly, you know, we've had some, you know, we've had some that have hurt us this year. Um, but you gotta, you're gonna have years where you have that and, and you gotta, that's where you gotta continue to generate uh, depth and you gotta continue to bring those guys along. Uh, you know, the, the roster has not changed from the bunch that beat South Florida in South Florida, um, took Navy to the last seconds in a very close game without our starting quarterback. And then, you know, at all intents and purposes, beat Tulsa at Tulsa. You know, it's the same roster. Uh, you know, they're two weeks older. Um, I like the kids in this program. I like their attitudes. I like the way they work. Is there still some things we got to continue to bring along culture-wise? Yes, but our culture is so much better than it was a year ago. And it's going to continue to improve. And, yeah, we're facing 22- and 23-year-old guys tonight. But there will be a day when these kids aren't 18. And, and I have very, very few kids that won't be on this roster next year. So it's, it's, it's going to continue to improve. But, you know, as I, as I said, you know, when I took the job and I said it last year, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, uh, we're building a solid foundation. We're going to grow them up. We're competing every week to win. Um, but you're going to have some nights when things don't go your way. And, you know, I'm sure that there are people who are going to just jump off the boat and they're going to give up on us. Um, but, you know, our, our loyal fans aren't, and I promise you the players aren't, and I promise you the coaches aren't. You know, we came here with a goal to build a, a program that's going to compete for a conference championship in the American Athletic Conference, and I think you can do that, East Carolina. Uh, it doesn't feel like it tonight, but, you know, I've, I've, I've been in this situation before, been in this exact situation as an assistant, and saw it turn, and, you know, we've, we've – we're not going to compromise what we're doing as far as competing every day, as far as trying to do things right, as far as building this program to be something that we can all be proud of. I'm not, I, I don't enjoy nights like tonight. And I'm not going to forget tonight. But they, there, there, there'll be a day when it's not like tonight. Okay, we've got time for one more question for Coach Houston this evening. Hey, Mike, uh, obviously you guys moved the ball quite well last year against these guys. Is there anything this defense does this year that's different, that's better than, than what you saw before or what you were expecting? Well, I, you know, I, I told Luke pregame, um, you know, I think they run much better than they did a year ago. Uh, I think they're better up front. Uh, I, th I think they're a year older and more experienced. And you, you used to look, I mean, you know, juniors and seniors and then the one sophomore corner who I think is pretty special. And he may be the, the best uh, the best corner in this league, if not uh, one of the best, at least. 
But uh, I just think it's a combination of, you know, it's a, it is a difficult scheme, but they have speed and size at every level. I mean, your corners are 6'3", with great length and great speed. Uh, you know, your linebackers are big kids that can run. Uh, and they've done a great job, uh, you know, over the last four years building this roster. And, uh, you know, he's got a shot. It's a, it's, a, it's a very talented group, and they play very, very well together. Coach Houston, thank you for your time. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thanks a lot. Okay. Once again, that was the post-game press conference after Cincinnati dropped East Carolina University 55-17. to Cincinnati, number seven in the country. I believe that uh, – I believe they're higher than that. But that was the post-game press conference with Coach Houston Artie, um, the one the one big takeaway from from that press conference that I had was definitely it, it had to have been Coach Houston saying that he still believes in sorry <laughs> he still believes in um, this team he he believes in the confidence he believes in the maturity he knows that um, they're going to get it turned around he's he's seen this happen before he's seen a team get turned around and, and make improvements and a lot of people are in our, our mentions right now with, with we put out a tweet last night i put a i'll say it i put out a tweet myself jared Shaffit on boneyard podcast and said cincinnati's a good team but this is where we hope to be in in two years and i i do think that while we might not be sitting at number seven in the country i do think that this thing's going to get turned around and in two years we're going to be a very competitive team in the american athletic conference well, are we going to be competitive or are we going to be winning? That's two different things. I, I mean, I think you're going to be winning. And when I say competitive, I mean competing for conference championships. Because, I, I mean, I, I, would, I would love to see it in two – from what I'm seeing right now, I don't know if two years is, is long enough for that kind of a turnaround. I mean, at that point, you're, you're looking at but, Coach Houston's fourth year. Right. And, 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 and honestly, by, by his fourth year, it's going to have to be turned around anyway or else he's probably going to get the boot. Yeah, if we still uh, look the way – I mean, look, if, if in two years from now, if we're still looking like this, he's getting the boot. We have, we have to go ahead and acknowledge that. Yeah. But when I say added pressure on Coach Houston, I don't mean eight wins next year. I don't mean ten wins. I mean 500. 500. I, I, six and six. That's not asking too much from this program. And that's what I'm saying. All the pressure is going to – if we don't finish this season strong, all the pressure is going to be on Coach Houston. Because to me – 500 next year is where we should be as a program year three under Mike Houston. I also think that this year you, you've almost got to scrap it though. Like you, and, that, and that's fine, but I'm talking about next year. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Next year has to be a 500 season, but right now, like everybody right now I'll, here, I'm going to get on my soapbox just uh, again. I'm sorry, Artie. I, I know I do this weekend and week out, <laughs> but to the fans, that are on Facebook talking shit about holding nailers and Mike Houston, sit your bitch ass down. Sit it down. I don't give a shit. You're the reason we started a damn podcast, so you're probably not even listening to us because you like to listen to the old, the old hags that, li- that, that talk about ECU sports. So what I'm going to say is you've got to give it five years. If, you, if, you're not, if you're not on this train, and Coach Houston said, like, I have a feeling a lot of people jumped ship last night. If you did, good. Swim off somewhere else. And, and, and the problem is these are casual fans, right? 
And a lot of ECU fans don't understand that the program is at the bottom right now. We're not a middle of the pack program. We're not a top. Pro- we're, we're at our bottom, right? This is the bottom. This is the lowest we're probably ever going to get. We're at the bottom. And so we're building. That doesn't take a year. It doesn't take two years. It takes four to five years to build a legitimate program. That's what the casual fan needs to understand. They want everything to happen overnight. That doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. Unless you're UCF. Yeah, we probably paid a whole bunch of people to bring some people in. But, you know, I, I know people are frustrated. I know people are upset. Guess what? It's not getting any better by tomorrow. This is a slow grind and a slow build and a slow process. Now, can we finish strong? That's the message that, that has to be sent out for the remaining two or three games that we have so that we can go into next year with confidence, knowing that we need to perform at our highest level. Holt Naylor is still the guy. Does he have to play better? Yes, he has to play better. Holt Naylor's knows that. He knows he has to play better. You know, Coach Houston knows that the wins have to start coming in order for him to, you know, sustain and be able to build the kind of program that he wants to build. And I feel like that's going to come. But to the casual fan, calm your ass down and <laughs> understand that this is not a one- to two-year fix. It's not. Yep, it's not. And that, that's, that's probably the biggest gripe that I have is I, I don't – I, I know I'm not a casual fan. I know I'm not I'm not your normal fan. I'm still a fan of East Carolina. That's mm-hmm. yeah, we cover them. We're we're part of the ECU media now. Um but but we come at it from a different stance than than your um stuffy journalism, right? Yeah. We, we come we come at it from a uh, from a fan's perspective and a young fan's perspective and I want to remind everybody that's why we started this podcast was we wanted to change the perspective that that people have for ECU and and that that was the whole reason that Artie and I started this thing yeah. and if you want and I, I guess I can't be mad that people still have their old ass opinions but just know that your opinions we, we don't we don't share those same opinions here on the on the Boneyard podcast we are the Boneyard podcast and we do believe that ECU is turning it around Scotty Montgomery and that last year, you could see it. That last year with Ruffin McNeil, things were going downhill. And then when they brought in Scotty Montgomery, Jeff Comfer, the name that shall never be named again, (laughs) Jeff Comfer basically shot holes in the bottom of the boat to sink the damn thing. Yeah. That's what he did. He brought in, and then he brought in Scotty Montgomery, who gutted this team and left, I mean, left it with, left it in shambles, got fired, and then comes in Mike Houston, who you can see has changed the mentality on this football team. It has changed. So if you're going to be upset after ECU loses to, honestly, a top-five team in, in the country, in my opinion, then you need, you need to calm down. Don't jump ship just yet. ECU is on the come up again. I promise you, may not happen this year. We already know it's not going to happen this year. ECU's one yeah. and six, really should be three and four. But hey, that's that, that's a discussion for another day. We've already had that discussion. We've already fought that battle. But then you've also got ECU being, um, you, you got ECU being on on the come up coming next year. You're going to have a different year. Hopefully by then they'll have all this COVID shit figured out. We'll be able to start getting full practices. We'll be able to hopefully have a full spring, full fall, and have a full season next year. Right. Um, 
come 2021. And like like you said, Artie, this team has to go 500 next year. Um, otherwise, that's when to me that's when the pressure's on. I, I think this year it's a wash. Think of it as glorified scrimmages. Um, yeah, you you want to win, but these guys all have an extra year of eligibility. We know one of the guys that isn't returning, um, Deontay Smith. We talked about that earlier on the pod or earlier in the week. I, I to me, I think that uh, ECU. I, I think ECU is on the come up. Please don't jump ship. Yeah. Um, stick with stick with them. If you're a true pirate, you give no quarter, and and you got you got to hang with us. Got to hang in there. And, All right? and, and and my last thing is, you know, are we gonna tuck tails and feel sorry for ourselves because we're one and six and just and just throw it in the bag, or are we gonna actually come out against Temple and want to kick some ass and actually prove ourselves and actually try to get back on the right track? That's I just want to see how we finish. I don't really care about the record. I want to see how this team finishes this season going into next season. That's going to be the biggest outlier for me. And that's all I've got to say. Yeah, I, I agree. And to, to that note, we, uh, we, we tweeted out a picture earlier in the week of this was before the game. We, we tweeted out a picture of some guy on Facebook who was talking about how whole nailers look better at tight end or whatever. Whole nailers has never played tight end. So um, have, I don't, have, have people forgotten that Mason Garcia does not have an, an accurate, you know, throwing attack yet? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But have they forgotten that? But we had more than one player that we're not going to name names. That's not our, that's not what we're here to do. But we had more than one ECU football player come into our DMs and say, "You've got to be kidding me." Holton is still our guy. They they believe in him. Yeah. If, if those guys believe in him, they're the ones that spend the most time with him. Right. They're the ones that see him every single day in practice. You had defensive guys and offensive guys coming up and saying, "Yeah, that's our guy still." And, and, so, and I don't, I don't like. Look, Houghton had a bad day, but I don't like all the pressure that's going directly to Houghton. You have to fair. have, you have to have a good offensive line to get anything done. Period. <laughs> you have to have a good O line. If you don't have a good O line, you're probably not getting much done. Period. Yeah, but somebody from the class of '92 would would tell you differently. So, um, <laughs> but, but, but that's it, Artie. Um, that, that's all we got. All we got. Um, I do want to say, Artie, you and I are talking about next week doing a, uh, a live stream on Zoom with, with some of the listeners. We're going to basically tweet out the link. Y'all can join us on Zoom, watch the football game with us, have some beers, uh, mm-hmm. have some drinks. Um, we'll talk. You, you can ask us questions. We'll, we'll just kind of hang out on Zoom, um, socially distanced, of course, so that way we can all hang out together and watch ECU play Temple. So uh, we'll, we'll be coming out with some more details later on in the week about that, so stay tuned. Um, otherwise, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Boneyard Podcast. Um, make sure you like and subscribe and leave us a review on, on Spotify, Apple, where, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. Um, so, yeah, Artie. You uh, you got anything else? Nah, that's all I got. Till next week, Power Nation. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll come to you next week with with another episode, episode thirty six of the Boneyard Podcast, previewing the Temple football game. Um, yeah, we'll we'll be talking about the city of brotherly love, man. <laughs> all right. Well, without without anything else, Power Nation, we're out. Peace. Deuce.